Hi, y'all. <laughs> I think most of you received the letter that I sent this week. I want to review that letter with you. It's a little unusual to, uh, to do this, but this doesn't happen very often. Um, I hope you all had a chance to read that letter, but I want to review it, uh, not because I like to read so much what I've read, but um, it, is, it does kind of choke me up a little bit when uh, one of our own, God uh, says, hey, I've got something for you. I want you to step out in faith and uh, come over here. So uh, I want to review this not only for, for that reason, because it's sometimes tough for me to get through these things, but also I want you to be fully aware of what the Lord is doing, and it truly is a, a, a genuine and, and good thing. I wrote this straight from my heart. Um, that Eric and Amy have accepted the call, uh, the call of God for Eric to become the student minister at Southcliff Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas. This is an answer to their prayers and to our prayers for them. And uh, here are the details. For Eric and for Amy, this is a calling that is a dream come true. First, it's clearly God's leading. Eric loves grace and describes Southcliff as grace community in Texas with the vibrant similarities in personality, even personalities. Uh, it was kind of funny he shared with me when he returned. Uh, yeah, they have, a, they have a Brian Johnson, they have a John Venema. They, there were parallels in so many respects, not only though in personalities, but in the presence of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, and their heart for the Lord. And we're happy about that. Second, as a young family, Eric and Amy have lacked one thing only, and that is to be near their families and for little Braden to get some squeeze time with grandparents and with cousins and with aunts and uncles. We're happy about that too. All in all, there are many telltale signs of God's calling and leading, but I'll let Eric tell you about some of those wonderful stories, and he's going to speak to us in just a moment from God's Word uh, about what the Lord has been doing in their lives and how there's a lesson and a principle for what the Lord is doing in all of our lives. Here are just a few important details. Southcliff will hold their congregational vote to ratify God's calling of Eric on June 7th. Be praying for that. Through June 19th, Eric will be in Texas for a family wedding as well as the, the South Cliff Summer Beach Camp. They have, even have a beach camp like we have a beach camp. On June 28th, we'll have a grand send-off right here with one big extended service starting at 9 a.m. We're going to run that about probably 90 minutes that morning, and then after that, uh, we'll have a chance to love on Eric and Amy, and then we're going to have a big... Uh, barbecue. I guess we could call it a brunch barbecue. And if you've never been to a brunch barbecue party, this is going to be a first. We're going to have a great time together that morning. I want you to know we're not losing Eric and Amy. We're sending them out with God's blessings. And with nine years of growth and ministry experience, nine years of uh, memories 
and God's goodness into the next great work of God that He has readied for Eric and Amy. What about us? We're going to promptly begin a search to discover the junior high leader that God has on His heart for Grace Community Church. Yes, God knows our needs and will supply us with His perfect provision and blessings. Please pray for us and God's leading and His direction in the days to come. In the interim, Jared Irvine will lead our junior high ministry and continue the care and spiritual growth of our students. Jared is our student ministry's intern. He has a big heart and great love for the Lord and for his kids. We could not wish for a better fit to our present need. Once again, the Lord has provided for us through the people he has called to serve him here. And Jared and Eric are two of those. They are already and presently working together to make a solid handoff of current and summer responsibilities. And with Jared and our full support, our summer camp, our full summer junior high ministry schedule will continue as was prayerfully planned. In fact, on June 14th, Promotion Sunday, we will have a junior high parents meeting to answer questions and look ahead to the summer and the coming year. Most of all, it's clear to us that God is leading Eric and Amy. It's also clear that he's leading us. When we look around and how God has prepared us for this, we see his hand. We see his hand in getting us at grace ready to keep pace with him and care for Grace and our church family, even as he's hastening Eric and Amy to keep in step with him and with the Lord as he leads them in the next great work that he's prepared for them. So I want you to think as we have about the truly divine way in which we handle these things because there is a sweetness, there is a joy in uh, sharing in the excitement of knowing that God is at work and doing great things in his life, Amy's life, their family's life, and also in our family's life as we anticipate the Lord, what he's got in store for us and his faithfulness to us. I'm going to ask Eric to come and speak to us. Will you welcome him? Eric Putman. God bless you. All right. Well, uh, good morning. Make sure this is on. There you go. Okay. Uh, well, there you go. The news is out. Um, I think some of you kind of knew what was going on already. The, the word uh, kind of got leaked out, but now I'm kind of glad everyone knows and we can talk about it and I don't have to keep it uh, secret anymore. Um, but it's true. We're going to um, Texas and we are very, very excited about that calling and what God is doing in our lives. But at the same time, Oh, we're very, it's, it's bittersweet. We're sad to leave here. Uh, I remember coming here nine years ago, and I never even heard of Visalia, but um, I was kind of interviewing at churches all over the country, and for some reason, this church, when I came here, just stuck out to me, the, the friendly faces, and it just felt like family. And so um, this church, I decided to become the junior high pastor nine years ago, and you guys have become my family. My, my wife's from Wisconsin, 
and I'm from Texas, and we don't have family here, so you guys took us in uh, to, to be that family. And Grace will always play a major role in our lives. This is the place where I, I met Amy, right there on a Thursday night in the Student Center satellite, um, our college-age group. And um, I just you know, saw her and met her, and she finally wanted to date me like two years later after me trying. And um, But this is where our family began, and this is where we had Brayden, and you guys came to the hospital to see us, and um, it's been it's been wonderful. But here's the thing. I told myself, and I'm going to stay true to this, that I am not going to get sad or sentimental or emotional or anything like that until the end of June, because that's when we're technically leaving for the send-off. So I don't want to hear any goodbyes. I don't want to hear any kind of sadness or whatever, okay? Um, I am going to be in denial for the next month that we're actually actually leaving. Um, But what what John wanted me to do this morning and what I would like to do is just kind of share my story. Share uh, what God is doing in our lives, but also challenge all of you with scripture about how God is using you and your story. And the truth of the matter is we all love stories, right? Um, whether it is reading a book, whether it's watching a movie, whether it's sitting around a campfire, there's something captivating. There's something amazing about a really, really good story. There's billions of dollars made every year in the entertainment industry because of stories. And um, my favorite, I mean, there's all sorts of stories. There's there's suspenseful ones. There's action stories. There's scary stories. And I got to be honest, my favorite kind of stories are love stories. Okay. I don't, I know, I know I'm a girl. It's okay. But I just love, 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 love stories. In fact, we'll like, me and Amy will go to the movies and she'll want to see some action movie like the Avengers or something. And I'm like, no, let's go see Nicholas Sparks' new movie, you know, that kind of thing. And she's like, what are you, I don't know what's wrong with me. Okay. But I just love these kind of stories. But there's something great about a good story. And you see us in our own lives, we are all creating life stories. And one day when we are old and gray, we're going to tell a story about this particular chapter in our life. And you're going to have a story that some of you, you're going to be really proud of at this time in 2015. You'll say, you know, this time of the year that you made some new friends or you took a step of faith or maybe you started a new discipline that kind of helped change the direction of your life. Maybe you were able to get over a hurt relationship. Maybe this is the time, season in your life, you started a ministry. As you look back several chapters from now to this chapter of your life, you're going to have a great story to tell. Unfortunately, there's the other way as well, is that we all know this is true. For some of us, several years from now, we'll look back to this chapter of our life, and we're not going to be so proud of it. We might have made some decisions that we regret, and there may be a chapter of our life where we, we really don't want to share that story. And here's what I've kind of learned is that the decision on what kind of story you're going to one day tell is, is up to you. In fact, that's kind of my key thought for this whole thing is that the decisions that you make today determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. The decisions that you make today determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. The decisions we make are so important. And they determine the stories that we're going to one day tell. The other day I was in the car and I was listening to the radio and uh, I 
usually listen to either talk radio. I find out the older I get, the more talk radio I listen to. Um, or I listen to Christian music. Okay, those are like my two go-tos. And uh, I was kind of tired of just the same songs they play on Christian music. And so I actually, I turned it to country, all right? I figured, hey, I'm gonna get back to my roots, Texas. Okay, I gotta, I gotta get used to this, listen to the country music. And I turned it on and as a song came on that I knew and I really like, and um, by Brad Paisley called Letter to Me. And the whole idea behind this song is that if Brad Paisley could write a letter to himself and send it back to himself at 17 years old, what would he say to himself? What kind of advice would he give him knowing the way it all played out? And it kind of got me thinking about what, what if I could do that? What if I could write a story to myself and send it back to when I was 17 years, 17 years old? Would I, would I do anything different? Would I uh, change some decisions that I made? Would I warn me uh, about some things that, that happened? What about you? What kind, of, what kind of story would you tell? What kind of letter would you write? Would you advise yourself to make different decisions at some point in your life? But you see, it's true. The decisions that we make, whether they're good or they're bad, they shape who we become. And in this chapter in your life, some of you are going to sense that there is something new that needs to take place. For others, it'll be later on in life, but suddenly you will realize, I'm supposed to take a new step of faith here. I'm supposed to venture out. There's something new. There's something different. There's something that I didn't expect. And somehow I just know that there's something more that I'm supposed to do. And when you get to that place, here's a key that sometimes the best decision you can make is to go when it would be easier to stay. Sometimes the best decision you can make is to follow the hunch, to, to take a step of faith, to go when it would be easier to play it safe and live in your own comfort. Some of us have been asking that, that know about this move is that why, why are you moving? Because I like it here. We love our church. I've been here nine years. Amy has a great job and relationship. Uh, she's a teacher at CVC. And uh, we, we own a house. And people are like, why are you moving? You, you have it here. You're settled. And it got me thinking, why are we moving? <laughs> okay. And I thought, I seriously thought we could live here for the next 20, 30 years and be content. We really could. I thought that might be weird being a junior high pastor at 65 years old. I don't know. But... Um, but we could live here and we, we could be happy. We could be content. You know, we could live and keep doing what we've been doing for the past nine years, seeing family a few times a year and, and that kind of thing. But why, why are you leaving? And, and, you know, it is a place that I've lived before. And there's some familiar, you know, something familiar about it. But at the same time, we're going to a church that I don't really know a whole lot about. It seems like a great church. Amy's not too sure about her school and what that's going to look like. The area we're going to live in is going to be different than where I grew up, and we're going to have to meet a whole lot of new people. And there's a lot of unknowns that come with what's going on. And that can be a little scary, but that is where I believe faith comes in, and I honestly believe it would be easier to stay. And I look back at moving to Visalia nine years, in a, nine years ago, and I can't imagine how different my life would have been if I didn't decide to step out of faith and come here. Sometimes the best decision is to go 
when it would be easier to stay. So the question I have for all of you this morning is how can we live a story worth telling? How do we live the story that God wants us to tell? And I believe the answer is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And the Bible says this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. If you're going to go, you're going to have to leave where you are, and that's going to take faith, and that's why you need Jesus who perfects your faith. And if you want to write the story of your life in a way that pleases God, then guess who you want helping you write that story? You want Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of your faith, who will help you live the story that God wants you to tell. And the Old Testament story I kind of want to use today, I believe it illustrates it really well, is a story about Abram and Sarai, who later become Abraham and Sarah. And if you know their backstory, Abram was worshiping a false god, a moon god came, uh, named Nanar. And so there he was, worshiping this false god, and the one true god comes to him and gives him a very simple and very direct command. And by the way, this is in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And this is what the Lord said. Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. Leave where you are. Leave what is safe. Leave what is comfortable. Leave what you know and go. And by the way, I will tell you later on where that'll be. This seems obvious, but I want to go ahead and say it. And that is to go somewhere else, you have to leave where you are. To go somewhere else, you have to leave what's known, what's comfortable, what's predictable, what's easy. And I kind of like to say it this way, to step toward your destiny, you might have to step away from your security. To step toward your destiny, you might have to step away from your security. And think about Abram who hears this from God. Go to this place you've never been. What's going through Abram's mind there? Well, I grew up here. I like it here. I'm comfortable here. My wife's here. We don't have any children, but, you know, maybe one day if we do, um, this is a great place to raise our kids. And, and all of a sudden now God is saying, go, go somewhere else. And there were a lot of these things that were comfortable to him, and yet God is calling him to go to a place he knew nothing of. And God simply makes this promise in verse 2 and 3. He says this, Here's my promise to you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. And I started to think about what was going on through Abram's mind there. Like, what? Really? Like, nations are going to come from me? God, do you not know who I am? Do you not know how old I am? I'm 75 years old, and we don't have any children. We tried to have children. It never worked out. And now all of a sudden, you are telling me that nations are going to come from me, and nations are going to be blessed because of me? And here's something that I found that's really, really important. And I don't know if you've ever made a promise to God. I used to do this all the time where, God, if you help me pass this test, I promise I'll go to church on Sunday. Or, God, if you get me out of this jam right now, I promise that, you know, I will just pray to you every day. That kind of thing. I used to do that all the time. And here's what I've learned 
is that we are not changed by the promises that we make to God. We are changed by believing the promises that God makes to us. We're changed by believing the promises that he makes to us. And God makes this promise to Abram. And so what does he do? Verse 4, very, very simple. Abram left as the Lord told him. And I just kind of want you to stop and think for a moment. What would have happened if Abram didn't go? What would have happened if Abram didn't obey God? What if he had rationalized it out and said, well, it's easier to stay and, and I don't really know where I'm going and, and it doesn't seem safe and it's kind of scary and, and, you know, I'm just going to stay where we are. Today, people refer to God as the God of whom? The God of Abraham. And they refer to him as the God of Isaac and Jacob. And if, if Abram didn't go, there wouldn't have been an Isaac and there wouldn't have been a Jacob. And he would not be known as this God of Abraham. And so there are untold consequences that would be different if Abram didn't have the faith to obey God. And there's going to come a chapter in your life when you sense that there's something new, something different. And to go where you believe you're supposed to go, you're going to have to leave where you are. And if you don't have the faith to do it, but instead by fear you don't, you have no idea the kind of blessings that you are going to miss out on if you don't obey. Sometimes the best decision you can make is to go when it would be easier to stay. And where, where is God calling you to go? What is God calling you uh, to, to want? What is he, God calling you to do? And when I say this, I, I don't just mean changing geographical locations like I believe God's calling my family to Texas. But what is God stirring in your heart? What has he given you a passion for? He says, you know what? I want you to go and I want you to do this. And some of you, it may be you need to go and you need to spend more time with your family. And you're like, no, you know, I work all the time and one day I'm going to be a good parent and one day I'm going to spend a lot of time with my kids. And God's saying, you know what? No, I want you now to be the spiritual leader of your family that I had called you to be. Maybe some of you, God is calling you to start a ministry that he has given you this passion that none of us have going on here at the church. There's no ministry for it. And God is saying, you know what? He is wanting me to start this. But for some reason we don't, whether it's based out of fear whether we just don't have the time. Maybe God wants you to join a current ministry. Maybe God has given you a passion for children or for youth. And, and God says, you know what? You've thought about it for years that I really need to help out at the church. And I really need to get involved in young people's lives. And I just haven't got around to it. Where is God calling you to go? What desires has he laid upon your heart? What is he calling you to do? And what step of faith do you need to take? You see, it's scary to step out in faith. I think of Peter and I think of the disciples. And I think when they were out on this boat in the middle of the storm and Jesus told them to go along, that he'll, he'll meet up with them later. And all of a sudden they look out in the storm and they see this ghost figure. And they're, they're frightened. They think it's a ghost. And Jesus says, it's him. And and Peter says, hey, if it's you, have me come out of the boat onto this water. Call me out there. And Jesus says, come. So what does Peter do? He steps out of the boat. He takes that leap of faith and he does something that no human has ever done before. He walks on water. And 
he does this amazing thing just because he took the plunge. He stepped out of the boat. And he got a little scared. The wind picked up. He got a little scared of the storm. And what does he do? He sinks. But what's great about stepping out in faith, guys, is that when you step out in faith, even if you sink, even if you take your eyes off Jesus for a minute, he is there to pick you up and to help you in the storm. So my encouragement to you is to step out in faith. You know, there's a book they even wrote about. If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat, right? And so if you want to do amazing things, if you want to do what God's calling you to do, you got to get out of your comfort zone. you got to wipe away the fear, and you just got to go. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. This whole process has been kind of funny uh, in a way of moving to uh, Texas and going to South Cliff. And it, don't get me wrong, it's a great church, but we've been in talks for, for a while. And for a while, it just wasn't sitting well with me that this was the place for me. And I kept making excuses not to go there. And so they contacted me and they, I, we did a phone interview and, and I went through that whole process. And then uh, they decided they want to fly me out there for, for an interview. I'm like, you know, I'm not sure about this, but all right, I'll, I'll hop on the plane and I'll go. And so we went and you go through this whole interview process where they sit you down at a table with like 10 people, the search committee, and they just start like grilling you with questions. It's like the scariest thing ever, okay? And so you answer all these questions and then I thought that went okay. I wasn't sure. You know, you never know what they're thinking. So I went back to the hotel and I called Amy and I was just like, you know, I don't think this is the place for us. Let's just stay where we are. Like we have it good in Visalia. You know, it'd be really easy just to stay here. And she's like, well, it's, you know, let's pray about it, but it's up to you really. And so I actually called one of their pastors the next day and I said, hey, thank you for flying us out here. But you know what? We're not, we don't think this is the place for us. Uh, we're just not going to come. And he goes, you know what? I just want you to take the next week to think about it, to pray about it. Don't, don't say no yet. Oh, man. Okay. So, all right. So here I am. And I was like, all right, I'll pray about it. So I get on the plane back to California. Whenever I'm faced with this tough decision, I turn to that verse right there, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your understanding. He will set your path straight. And I turned to that verse and I just started thinking, okay, God, what is it that you want? And I realized that I had been leaning on my own, my, myself. I have not been leaning on God. And so that verse completely comforted me. And that's what I've been challenged to do, to trust in God. And yes, we're going to a state that I've lived in before, but there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of fear that comes with that. And so we are stepping out in faith and this is what we believe God's calling us to do. And my challenge to you is, what is he calling you to do? What is it that he wants you to do? It's okay to be scared, but it's not okay to stay where you are because you're crippled with fear. All right? Is he calling you to step out of the boat? And uh, I just want to thank this church family for bringing our family in for the past nine years. And, uh, and we are going to love and miss you guys. And like I said, I'm not going to say goodbye until June 28th. So uh, that being said, that's just kind of my challenge to you. And I just want to thank you for giving me this opportunity uh, to, to talk to you this morning. So. I thought it was
I think it would be appropriate to stand. I want to pray for you, but I want us to pray for Eric and Amy. Amy wanted to be here. Braden is sick. That flu going around, perhaps. By the way, just a tip. Use good hand-washing techniques. Uh, but I thought it most fitting, inasmuch as our lives do parallel when it comes to trusting the Lord, to stepping out of the boat, to taking risks of faith and, and trusting Him. I love what Eric said. It's not our promises to God. It's His promises to us that we believe that change us. And that's true for us just even now, today, this week, what God's doing in our lives. So uh, will you join with me as we pray for Eric and Amy? And uh, we'll be praying in a way for ourselves as well. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, how thankful we are to be a part of what you are doing. You use us in ways that exceed our own comprehension or uh, awareness of ourselves. We're thankful for these nine years together, this next month, the things that you're doing in Eric and Amy's life. And we ask, Father, that you would guide, direct, use them in mighty ways in the greater work that you have for them ahead. And you have a greater work for us as well. And in both, as your people, one family, we pray, Father, that we, we might walk in faith, believing your promises, living for you in ways that speak greatly of your presence, your power, and your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his matchless name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you, Eric.